0: Welcome to Code Gray's, an episode-by-episode episode recap of Grey's Anatomy. I'm Teresa Rosado. And I'm Megan Totsky. And join us for Season 2, Episode 14, Tell Me Sweet Little Lies. <laughs> that was Fleet
1: good. Fleetwood Mac song. That was good. It's a Fleetwood Mac song, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm not familiar with it, but it's I will be. It's not an REM song. I listen <laughs> to it goddamn 20 times <laughs> while I'm rendering it or whatever. <laughs> I still hear it just at like really random points in my life, like the refrain of "into you like a train, into you like a train." <laughs> oh, from that Cause episode? For, yeah, because for some reason that song That's, stuck in my brain. That was the Above earworm. All else, <laughs> that was the one.
1: How special? How lucky for you? Tell me lies. Alright, I think it's my turn to do It uh, is absolutely your turn. Summary. I will say Great. a little listener feedback that I had somebody tell us that they really liked our banter about who had to do the summary. Oh, that's really good because it's never not present. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. Anyway, as you
0: were as I as I were um I've gotten some listener feedback on uh, two two different listener feedbacks um which was exciting <laughs> I mean from people I know yeah well, do I care no
1: <laughs> <laughs> all of our listener feedback is first person from somebody probably one of us has lived with at some point in our
0: lives yeah a hundred anyway Someone it doesn't matter naked um but also robbie hayes of yeah. abc's the bachelorette fame Shout so out. the feedback we got from him was a heart on an instagram posting about the podcast which
1: we are going to read into yeah it means he loves the he show and loves listens those. to it every week hi robbie yeah,
0: yeah. um <laughs> summary here we go oh
1: wait i need to time it i'm gonna time it
0: Uh, do they like that part where we forget (laughs) every
1: time i just like settle in like all ready for you i'm pouring wine right it's great it's great okay ready three two one go So this episode
0: I watched a while ago, but there's a guy who needs to quit smoking because he's lost his fingers and needs to get them sewn back on. And for some reason, it's like really hard for him to decide that he needs to quit smoking. There's a woman who refuses to leave the hospital and is a little bit... um, uh, fixated on George and his Irish blue eyes. There's a competitive hot dog eater who has a bad translator. Miranda Bailey starts going into labor with her baby. And then. Um, uh,
1: Stop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I really appreciated the. <laughs> And then um, uh, I think that's, like, a really important plot point yes, to this particular episode. It is. So I'm really looking forward to digging into that one.
0: It's a huge part of every script. Thank you very much. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> it's good.
0: On the plus side, I got my wine poured. So. That's good. <laughs> Multitasking over there. <laughs> All right. We should note that we're compressing this episode into... This is going to
1: be a short episode. <laughs> you might not know that based on our very strong... <laughs> Taking our time. Yeah. We're taking our yeah. time. We still are settling in because that's just the people we are.
0: But that's at right. some point, we're going to abruptly end <laughs> because we have constraints.
1: That's right. <laughs> so let's... Okay. Who do you want to start with? I don't know. Do you want to talk about the finger guy? Yeah. Yeah. So there's this
0: guy, Rick Fryart. Free art? It doesn't matter.
1: I don't know. I called him... Smoker guy in my (laughs) nose. Yeah,
0: (laughs) smoky. The smoking man, X-Files reference for you. Yeah, it's just kind of, this is really much more about Yang and Derek uh, coming to terms with the fact that Derek has been an absolute shithead to Yang's, Mm -hmm. like, other half. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And uh, so it comes, it's sort of illustrated in their differing approaches to this guy and the smoking habit that he doesn't think that he can give up you know or or that yang doesn't think he can commit to giving up um and in the the problem with that is that the surgery like the success of the reattaching his fingers is contingent upon
1: his blood vessels or something remaining yeah
0: because strong
1: yeah because smoking constricts your blood vessels as yes. one of the many delightful things about smokers yeah and they're reattaching his fingers which like five of four or five of them got cut off, and he's a guitar player, yada yada yada. So uh, they're invested in his uh, his fingers. Anyway, I do something I do really appreciate about this particular. Oops, sorry. One second, I just lost my thing. <laughs> We're doing good today. I don't know how to turn do not disturb off on my computer. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. It's a new computer. It's so. a new computer. We're all getting settled. We're fine. <laughs> So if I were a smoker, I might desire a cigarette in this point. Yes, yeah. <laughs> anyway, Which so
0: was like my qu- like I had a question
1: for you. Have you ever smoked a cigarette? I have. Yeah. <laughs> Do you are you one of those people who smoke socially? No, not anymore. Oh, okay. I when I was a senior in college, uh, my cohort within my major it was ten women, and we it was like a. 10 different women with like the 10 different Myers-Briggs personality types, you know, like everyone was more different than the last and we drove each other fucking insane. So we were all writing our theses and it was a really intense semester. And it's, anyway, when you're writing your thesis, you spend a lot of time either in your bedroom or in the library. And so there was a sort of camaraderie, but we spent all this time inside and several of them were smokers. And so my friend, the woman with whom I'm closest, and I would like, go out and pretend to be smokers literally just to get outside. Because any wasted time when you're working on your thesis, like, any time that you're not working on your thesis is a waste, right? Like, it's time that you should be working on your thesis. And so yeah. we used to go outside and smoke cigarettes with women we hated in, like, the bitter Indiana cold. <laughs> Yeah. And it wasn't a good, like, there's not a good reason for anybody our age to start smoking. I think you were saying <laughs> about, like, how, I, I don't know. I remember us talking about that a lot when we were in school together because so many of our friends were trying to be nurses. <laughs> and it was, it's, I mean, that's a real thing. Most nurses smoke.
0: <laughs> yes. You know? Yeah. I would love to see the stats on that. But in, like, my community to this day, yeah. just all a bunch of smokers. Mm-hmm. All of them. Just. I can count on one hand the number of my friends who who don't smoke, yeah. I think.
1: Yeah, well, what's interesting <laughs> is that I grew up in the Midwest during a time when it was allowed to smoke inside of bars and went to school in... The Rust Belt, where you can still smoke inside in bars, so we used to be able to smoke inside. Do you remember how surprised? I Yes, was. yeah. Teresa gets that person too. I, <laughs> they just lit up. I have like vivid memories of being really drunk in college and peeing on a toilet with a cigarette in my hand because, like, there was <laughs> ashtrays in the bathroom. Anyway, what's super weird about my life now is that I'm, you know grew up with smokers. At St. Kate's, there were a bunch of smokers. In Earlham, there was a bunch of smokers. And then I moved to DC where nobody smokes. Wow. <laughs> because everybody in That's- DC has the moral compass of like an arrow. <laughs> so nobody does yeah. drugs and nobody smokes because they all get drug tested all the time and they all work for the government. Oh, so like there's right. this huge sort of professionalism in terms of even, you know, smoking, you know, weed is more or less legal yeah. in DC and nobody smokes weed here. I think count, on one hand the number of people that i'm you know close to who who smoke weed here because it's just it's you get tested for that and smoking i think smoking cigarettes is just like there are a bunch of really smart people here and they know how fucking terrible it is for you but yeah. it's interesting it's like a huge it's like it's like a huge 180 for me yeah
0: so. huh yeah. that's yeah that's that's interesting. I My cohort in Minneapolis smoked. My cohort in Seattle mm-hmm. smoked. I've never been a smoker. Uh, it, nicotine is actually a migraine trigger yeah. for me and has been since I was very little. So it was never even like a thing I was tempted by. But I did have a, a very good friend in Seattle who, you know, she was always rolling spliffs when we mm-hmm. were out. And she would roll joints just like just for me. Because <laughs> She was a really good friend. It was her weed, and she would smoke just the she would she would specifically roll a joint that she knew only I was gonna smoke. And but every once in a while, I'd feel bad about it, so I'd be like, No, I let me just let me I'll try your split. I yeah, I'll just try it. I bet I like it. It's not even a big My deal. Brain. And every time I would just gag, dry <laughs> heave. I just looked like an idiot every time, and she'd like already be
1: rolling the joint. I will say that there was a period of time. In our first couple of years of college, where Teresa and I smoked a lot of Swisher sweets. Oh yeah, I still would. Yeah, they're so good. They taste. They're still like delicious. candy. They taste just as good. They taste like candy. Yeah. It's so wonderful.
0: And I have a bit of an oral fixation, mm. as it turns out, and I love just a big fat
1: cigar. Yeah, I really do. Yeah, <laughs> that's very surprising, <laughs> but <laughs> you know. <laughs> I love like how I feel with one. Like, yeah,
0: I'm smoking a cigar. Yeah. Come at me. Yeah. And I just like rolling my tongue over a cigar. It's just <laughs> delicious. This I'll probably <laughs> cut this out. <laughs> Megan died. She's is not on this call
1: anymore. <laughs> I just can't. Really hope you don't cut that. <laughs> I, just, I think it should go in the Library of Congress. Um,
0: I think that was really all we had about this. Yeah, just,
1: anyway, where were we? I do have a question, though, which this actually yes. is on 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 topic. We can get into uh, Yumi Miyazaki, who is the competitive eater. She eats yes. hot dogs really quickly. I think so. <laughs> and I have a question for you. There's this wonder. clearly, so she... Has the hiccups because she has a perforated esophagus, or which sounds so so painful and terrible. And she has she doesn't speak any English, and so she has a coach who also acts as her translator, and he's a real douche nozzle. And Teresa's is very attracted to him. Really good looking though. (laughs) Anyway, so attractive. It's it's a story that's neither here nor there. But the (laughs) interns, I don't think it's all that interesting. But the interns then have a, a hot dog eating contest, and so my question for you is. Is it, how do you feel about hot dog eating contests? And further, do you feel extra weird? So weird? We've talked about trees' small mouth on this show before. <laughs> and my question is, do you feel extra weird about them because your mouth is so small or extra weird about them because apparently you have an oral fixation with, you know, <laughs> things that are long and cylindrical <laughs> and have rounded tips? I'm a I'm a really good lesbian. Right. Um
0: <laughs> A plus. Okay, uh, first of all, rude. I just. I can't help I, how small my mouth is. I'm not saying you can. I'm just wondering if it
1: makes you feel extra weird.
0: <laughs> it doesn't – I like, I watch, and it's it's one of those things that's incomprehensible to me. <laughs> like, I'm a person who, at this point, I like, when a burger is first presented <laughs> to me, right, I have to really, like, strategize what my mouth is going to do. Like, I'm at that point as, like, a combination of my – anatomically very small mouth and my tmj i have to like do like stretches i I, like i have to emotionally ready myself for the first bite of like a juicy burger because i inevitably get like a bit of lettuce and some bacon Mm. in part of the bun it takes me probably three solid bites to get to the patty how
1: do you (laughs) how do you enjoy it
0: (laughs) <laughs> I don't for the first few bites. It's genuinely just, it's work, dude. It's just it's work. It sounds so terrible. <laughs> so it's incomprehensible to me to answer your first question. It doesn't make me feel bad. I just am like, oh, I don't understand what that mm. would be like. Mm. I can't, I can't even imagine it. And in, in, to your second point, I, I do have an oral fixation, but hot dogs, hot dogs are disgusting Mm. they're disgusting and the only way that i eat them is when they're street meat seattle style and even there i feel disgusting while i Mm. eat them so just boiled hot dogs (laughs) are like oh god oh i just can't so the thought of
1: like shoving three of them in your mouth at once both
0: incomprehensible and appalling. <laughs> okay. okay. I thought that's where you would come down, but you know, I had to ask. Yeah. Yeah, that's you're right. Yeah. I don't yeah. That's I was going to get too real. I was going to get too. Personal.
1: <laughs> about the oral fixation. Yeah. We're going to Why don't we just, just move on? <laughs> yeah. Who should yeah. we talk about next? <laughs> I'm sorry. Do you have anything else to say about Yumi?
0: <laughs> no, I think that, you know, I I really liked there's a moment where Karev wants to uh he wants to beat up Yumi Miyazaki's coach because he hasn't translated correctly for Yumi and he's also taken her out of the hospital against doctor's orders so that she can compete again which is how she like does permanent damage to her esophagus and it ends her competitive eating career and Karev wants to like knock this guy out and pretty clearly wants to knock this guy out mm-hmm. and Izzy is so smart because she's like... So you're going to kick his
1: ass, get yourself kicked out of the program before you have to open your board scores, just in case you failed.
0: Which was just like izzy should have like gone into psych yes for real <laughs> she would have though been so good she's very insightful
1: i think and yeah go
0: ahead i th- i really liked that moment
1: no i agree and i think that it, in thinking about sort of the writing of this episode and and the writing of the previous episode where denny is introduced and knowing that he's it's, it's pretty clear from that episode that he's gonna have a story arc. <laughs> oh denny i see denny fart noise duquette <laughs> thought you were having some sort of episode (laughs) is it hard for you to make a fart noise with your mouth because your mouth is so small (laughs) it is just because i'm
0: really bad at making them this is the best i can do are you ready (laughs) that's that was probably the best one i've ever done in my whole life wow this is gonna be an (laughs) award-winning podcast
1: it's good it's good welcome to 2017 people (laughs) We've not matured at all. No, in fact, I think we're digressing. Yeah, we've regressed. Regressing. Definitely. Regressing. Yes. I didn't even know the word. <laughs> anyway, I'm thinking about how I, I'm sort of thinking that the writers are trying to highlight Izzy and Alex's connection because we know that she's going to she's going to sort of come to a crossroads between Denny and Alex, you know, they're highlighting that Izzy and Alex do have this sort of connection and she sort of knows him and, and you can see that he really cares for her, but then we have this, they have sort of a complicated relationship, but then, or a history, I should say. And then we have Denny who's sort of like coming in and is sort of, you know, I don't know. I just think it's, I think they're trying to highlight that this is going to be a conflict down the road.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. They're doing they're doing some good character work with Izzy yeah. and Alex right now yes. that I think is going to have a a payoff later in the mm-hmm. season. So totally agree, yeah. totally
1: agree. Yeah, should we talk about Sophie?
0: Yeah, I just read your note that was like, should we cut Rick and instead <laughs> we just like talked about <laughs> our personal experiences with like not smoking.
1: <laughs> anyway, Oops. Sophie. Yeah, Sophie's great oh she's so great she won't leave the hospital she's fine (laughs) she just won't leave by sheer force of like will (laughs) and persuasion charm yeah Yeah. and so she's an elderly woman and she's i don't know she's she's still in the (laughs) hospital and nobody can get her to leave and so george sort of gets tasked by the chief to discharge her and he she's just like got him wrapped around her finger and he's just commenting on his Irish eyes and his swagger and that he's so charming and this, that, and the other thing. And then there's sort of a funny back and forth where George tries to pawn her off on different services, <laughs> which is really delightful. I, like, really yeah. enjoy the exchange between George and Sophie. Like, you know, they're worried about her uterus, and she had a hysterectomy, like, 25 years before. And I don't yes. know. It's just wonderful. <laughs> and Sophie is really fixated on this problem in George's life where George hates doc who's the dog and they're trying to convince meredith to give up the dog and george sort of puts his foot down and says to meredith either the dog goes or i go and meredith pauses (laughs) as if to think about it which really sets george off and so george is pissed because meredith is choosing a dog over him and sophie's really invested in, in george sort of manning up you know i think she's i don't know i think she's trying to like be a surrogate audience there of like yeah george you really need to make it happen here nut up
0: or get out (laughs) yeah
1: yeah um but they have i don't know i think they have kind of a like fun rapport between the two of them i don't know
0: yeah i i think they do too i i can't for the life of me see what sophie sees in george like that is as incomprehensible to me as a hot dog eating contest. <laughs> but I do really like her sense of humor and, and you know, the fact that she's always singing Stormy Weather. <laughs> and she's just this old, this old theater broad, you know. Yeah. And I, I have a lot of questions about how she's stayed in the hospital that long because presumably she's on a fixed income <laughs> and I don't, get the ins and outs of her stay. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I don't either. Like, <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but she has one of my favorite moments in the episode, possibly my favorite moment in the episode, when George is explaining, you know, that she has to leave. And so Sophie has said this whole time that her daughter is setting up a room at her home mm-hmm. for Sophie to stay mm-hmm. in. And that's that's why she's waiting at the hospital, right? But she's she's really just going to the nursing home and – George is trying to gently explain this to her. And she she has this moment where, you know, she says... Nursing homes are for old people. I know I'm elderly. I do know that.
1: But if I have to go to that place, I'm afraid I'll become old
0: her eyes are kind of brimming with tears but she doesn't cry Mm -hmm. and it's just so sweet and also like what a true fantastic way to summarize that right like like there there is a difference between being elderly and old Mm -hmm. you know like helen maron is elderly but like would you think of her as old you know like that's Mm -hmm. and yeah, so just kind of watching her process that and externalize it with George is, I think, really rewarding. And I even forgive the monologue that comes afterwards <laughs> when she, like, <laughs> turns her predicament into, into you know, advice on how George should handle his, which is just absurd. But, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a really lovely, quiet moment. No,
1: I, I totally agree. And, it, and it, it makes me feel so sad. You know, it makes me feel sad yeah. for all of the elderly people I know and all, you know, I – I don't know. It just it's very very poignant. I totally agree. Yeah.
0: I was going to say do you want to spend our last our last few minutes before our bits with Naomi Klein? Yeah, let's do
1: that. Okay. I am obsessed with Naomi Klein. <laughs> <laughs> First and foremost, I'm obsessed with how crazy she is and she's so she's okay, so she's a woman who has come into the hospital because she she's having a she's having a follow-up surgery or a follow-up appointment, right, to check on something. I can't remember what it is.
0: Yeah, I I anyway,
1: it doesn't matter. She's in in the hospital for something completely unrelated to her personality and she knows Dr. Burke, they've worked together before, or she's a you know, patient of his. And she's, Naomi has gotten married and her husband is there. And he's just like this Joe Schmo plain looking guy, right? Like he's like a four. (laughs) And and he does a great job in this role, by the way. And, And Naomi is exceedingly happy. And I am obsessed with how crazy she is. She's like all over her husband and she's like petting his face. And I just like, it's, amazing. And I love this. I'm guessing that you and I love this story arc for the same reason where Meredith is working with Burke, which is an incredibly different dynamic than Christina working with Derek, which I think is just sort of an interesting dichotomy. Um, but Meredith immediately sees Naomi, you know, as being this really, really happy person. And she immediately assumes that she's sick or using drugs because nobody is that happy. Right. And I just, love that I think it's just like the most Meredith like they wrote this entire story based on that one nugget of truth about Meredith yes. Gray, you know like she just cannot even recognize euphoria because it's so different than her life right and her experience and Burke is like no like she's not using drugs she's fine and he says something douchey like you develop a sixth sense about these things and I just like the wise soldier <laughs> doctor. I know. And I just want to like punch him. <laughs> but I think that the writing of Meredith is so good because we buy into it, right? And I'd be interested if other people who aren't as obsessed with, you know, Meredith and sad things <laughs> as us. But if if other people really feel that way. Because I think that they do. I think that we are we are conditioned to sort of agree with Meredith. And when we're met with Naomi, we are like. Oh, she's crazy. <laughs> she's,
0: yeah, yeah. You know,
1: and I don't, I'm not. I'm, I'm interested in sort of your opinion of like, how did they do that, right? Like, how did they sort of manufacture this world where we are <laughs> as sad as Meredith and just immediately look at it that way? I don't know.
0: Yeah, I th- that would definitely have to be left to some other, you know, like more emotionally stable <laughs> or optimistic person to answer, mm-hmm. because I was definitely the same with you. I was like, yeah, this bitch. Like- <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Right. She totally is. And it's just it's just so funny that that's Meredith's <laughs> immediate reaction is like, no, nope, this level of happiness doesn't exist. Yeah that's not a thing <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and you know she's ultimately right yeah, she totally you know? is which I I love because I think that as pessimistic or realistic people we're so often like tried to be shame you know people want to shame us <laughs> right <laughs> or want to shame you for like jumping to the
1: worst conclusion but in this situation. This time we won. And we did win. She had like a, I don't know, brain. I don't know. She had something wrong with her. She wasn't crazy, <laughs> she... but it was artificially induced euphoria. Yes, exactly.
0: <sighs> <sighs> and yeah, I, I think it is like an interesting sort of parallel to the Yang- Derek working relationship Mm -hmm. I mean Meredith and Burke work a lot better together but there are still just like so many warning signs there and the most mammoth warning sign is of course that he thinks Yang has fully committed to moving in with him but really Yang has kept her own apartment (laughs) which how I guess like financially speaking they live in Seattle you know whatever I think she's doing okay (laughs) but (laughs) I, I, you know, he he says with Meredith, you know, he's thanking Meredith for telling Yang to move in with him. And that's the, that's the actual verbiage Mm -hmm. that he uses is for telling Yang to move in. And, and it's, it's so revealing because he clearly knows that Yang wouldn't want or be ready to move in with him of her own volition. Like she would clearly need to be peer pressured into it. And it makes me crazy. <laughs> crazy.
1: It's so patronizing to Yang. It's awful. It's so awful. It's awful to it's yeah. I, I and and to speak to sort of Meredith and Burke's working together, I think that where we see real similarities between Burke and Yang and Derek and Meredith is like this following the rules thing, right? Like Meredith sort of oversteps Burke She like forges his signature on something relatively important. And Burke and Yang, I think, and I don't think that this makes them compatible, but I think that it goes back to their similar work ethic and drive professionally. Yeah. Um, Not that Meredith and Derek aren't, but I think that that's executed in very different ways. And I think that we see, we see that clash between the two of them, right? That, that. Meredith sort of wants to do what she thinks is right and Burke wants to just sort of like follow the rules 110% of the time which is sort of an interesting dynamic and they kind of bend to each other you know in this particular case but it's interesting to watch and Burke mostly just forgives Meredith because Meredith told Christina to move in with him (laughs) yes the professional
0: standards of this
1: hospital are just (laughs) Diminishing. They're all over the place. Okay, should we do our bits?
0: Yeah, let's get into our bits.
1: Okay, song of the week. I didn't pick it out when I was watching, but in reading the page, apparently there was a metric song in there. Yes, there is. I'm always here for yeah, yeah. I'm always here for some metric. So
0: yeah. That love Metric, mine. love Emily Haynes. That was mine too. Yeah, of course it was. God. They're great. Yeah. yeah. Death tally? Uh, zero, right? Yeah. I don't think I did. I didn't count died. anybody dying.
1: Right? Yeah. Not it's even like fingers. any metaphorical deaths either. No, no. Just
0: disappointing. Yeah. Do better. Do Grace. better. More deaths.
1: Worse? Yeah. Uh,
0: 007? I think we had the same answer, which was George George. for being literally incapable of discharging Discharging an elderly patient. patient.
1: Yeah, that's really true. That's that's a really low bar, George. It really is. And after the bar was already lowered by him on multiple occasions, not being able to identify a penis. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. God. Just getting lower. Um, Karev of the week. Who did you have?
0: I said... Derek mm. because I was so sickened by his coy bullshit with Meredith this whole yeah. episode like he's very much you know grinning and smirking and playing around with words that <laughs> and phrases that have double meanings and it's just gross yeah. because he's supposedly still in marriage counseling and <laughs> trying to save his marriage with Addison a perfectly fine human and then he's also a dick to Yang. Like yep. he finds Yang's sort of uh tough love bedside manner with Rick to be objectionable. I do not mm-hmm. like, <laughs> I think that she's the reason he might actually give up smoking. And and I think that Derek had, you know, rose colored glasses on about it. Yeah. So
1: Derek, <clears throat> I also had Derek for the same reasons for playing Meredith, like a, fucking fiddle and it just makes me sick i also we didn't talk about this but we will in the coming episodes that the i gave the chief a karev nod as well because he says some like truly truly deplorable things about nurses in this episode and Uh. and leads to the ultimate reveal that there's there's, they're gonna strike um (laughs) for a lot of reasons one of which i believe is (laughs) because the chief is a real douche nozzle toward them. So I think that he's a real, a real crev about it. So,
0: yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I think that's totally true. So let's see. What else have we got? Chief resident. Yeah. I went with the nurses because they decided not to take any more shit and, and are going to fight for their, for their worth and their value at the hospital. And I think that's awesome. I'm proud of the show for yeah. kind of facing criticism head mm-hmm. on about the show's treatment of nurses. Agreed. And I think that scene where, you know, the head nurse slams the letter up against the like gallery window into the surgical room yeah. that says the nurses are going on strike. Yeah. I think that's such a badass. Moment, it's so, so
1: good. It's so good. Yeah. Uh oh, it's that's a really good one. It's amazing. Uh, my chief resident was Meredith for recognizing that Naomi Klein is not actually that happy, <laughs> and like really advocating for a patient. Right, like she runs a million tests on her without without permission from Burke. Yeah. Hey, hey, uh, uh-uh. there's no barking. Hey, come here. There's no barking. I'm doing the thing, and you're ruining it. It's <laughs> harsh. I know. Way harsh, Ty. <laughs> Sorry. That's okay. so uh, Meredith for, for for recognizing crazy <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh line of the week would you have
0: I I think I'd give it to Sophie's little moment mm. I thought it was really sweet and I also think that both of yang's monologues to Derek where she just gives him a the what for about his treatment of Meredith, our yeah so. yeah. What's Meredith?
1: You're not my boss right now. We're in an elevator. That's your specialty, right? Me dreamy moments in elevators? Doctor Yang. You know what? Just for a moment, I'm not Doctor Yang, and you're not Doctor Shepard. You're the guy who screwed up my friend. She has one line that I think you actually point. This wasn't my line of the week, but one of her lines I just love every single time I see this episode, where she she's calling him a liar. I know a liar when I see one, cause I'm a liar. And her delivery yes. of that, like, it's a great line, but her delivery of that is just like it's so sharp and crisp and just i just love her delivery of it my line of the week yeah. though <laughs> was <laughs> also great <laughs> there's this they're trying to tell naomi that she's you know has a condition that's leading to a false euphoria and Naomi is like, you're wrong. And she's like, I'm infected with love. And Meredith, like totally deadpan. And with like not an ounce of soul in her is like,
0: I'm sorry. Your body is lying to your mind.
1: <laughs> and she's just like, zero compassion. It's, it's so great. I just love it. I could listen to it on repeat <laughs>
0: So really quickly uh, before we close out, I guess we should talk about our medical fact of the week, which is going to be just (laughs) it's just a survey of bad news. I mean, we so we haven't had a medical mystery in a while. And I think that Megan and have kind of in an unspoken way decided to do more like contemporary health Mm -hmm. issues medical Mm -hmm. facts of the week and then when there's a medical mystery like we will tackle that with a bunch of gross enthusiasm so there wasn't really anything you know this episode uh i think we have a good one coming up but i think we do too so i i just wanted you know there's unless you live under a rock in another country you know can i come live where you are yeah right (laughs) hi um (laughs) Got, got space <laughs> I you know that the Republicans are planning to repeal the ACA the Affordable Care Act which <laughs> contrary to what a lot of folks on the internet apparently believe is the same fucking thing as Obamacare people wait a minute people yep. are confused have about you that? seen the screenshots of like I can't wait to get rid of Obamacare blah 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 like the ACA is such a better plan <laughs> It would be funny if it wasn't just terrifying. Oh
1: God! If it yeah, was dude, about you gotta look probably it up. anything
0: else, <laughs> you gotta look it up. It's 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 horrifying. So Ugh, the Republicans that. want to they want to pass the repeal of aca of the ACA. They're well on their way. Um, they don't have a replacement. They've had six years to hammer out a replacement, the Republican party. Uh, and they've never come up with one, not even the broad outlines of one, just it's going to be better for everyone. Um, it's not going to be better according to the New York times today. How's that for you? Uh, I'm just going to read you the first graph of this piece. Um, a congressional budget report was released today. Um, Repealing major provisions of the Affordable Care Act while leaving other parts in place, okay, so that's not even repealing Mm -hmm. the whole damn thing, would cost 18 million people their insurance in the first year. This is the nonpartisan Congressional Budget Office report released today. A repeal could increase the number of uninsured Americans by 32 million in 10 (sighs) years while causing individual insurance premiums to double over that time. (laughs) okay. so not only is this going to leave millions, tens of millions without insurance, but you're also looking at the fact that the Republicans um, in the House and the Senate have already voted. Um, Part part of what they are going to get rid of is um, their pre-existing conditions. Mm-hmm. right so yep. right now you can't be denied insurance or you can't be price gouged for insurance because of a pre-existing condition which could be like depression right it could be yep. do you have a thyroid disorder like my mom great pre-existing condition yep um they're also getting rid of the um age limit where you can stay on your parents insurance until 27 so
1: which, I don't know, might affect a huge generation of human beings who are more unemployed than any previous generation.
0: Yep. Bam. I do um, And who are working uh, totally different kinds of jobs, right? Like freelancing right. is such a huge part of people who are in their 20s, right? Working for small companies that don't offer health insurance. Um, yep. Temping. Contractors. unpaid internships. Contracted work. Um, So that's huge. Of course, they want to defund Planned Parenthood, which per the Hyde Amendment, so per federal law, federal dollars cannot actually fund abortions. They can't go towards abortions. Nope. Um, There's this massive misconception that that's all Planned Parenthood does when, in fact, not even all Planned Parenthood (laughs) clinics actually perform abortions. Most, yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. Um so won't cover contraceptives going forward. Um so so this is preventative all... measures, Shit. right? Like that's yep.
1: literally where
0: Yep. Absolutely. Mm. Um there are some there are some provisions going into effect this year related to trans protections yep. when it comes to receiving medical care anti-discriminatory um measures that states are already fighting states like, you know, one of this podcast favorites, Texas, get your <laughs> shit together, Texas. So that's our report for today, is that um, by all means, there's still time to contact your representative. There's time for you to contact your senators. Um, Don't contact Paul Ryan's office unless he is your representative. Contact um, your district and congressional representatives instead. Do call them by phone. Do leave a message. There are scripts floating around all over the Internet. If you're too nervous to sort of impromptu it, that's that's totally fair. Whether your representatives are Democrats or Republicans, call them anyway. Tell Mm -hmm. them that you don't want the ACA to be repealed. Um, that this will live, leave people to die. Yes. Um. And and just make that really clear. And I would say that if you have um, a person of faith representing you, which demographically speaking, when we're talking about Congress, you probably do. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, maybe familiarize yourself with some with some biblical verses and hold those folks to the personal beliefs that they campaign on um, yes. and that they use to judge people so harshly. So it's an excellent uh, idea. play on, play on their, their ground, I would say. So
1: that's what we got this episode. We did it too. We did it. We did it. We crushed it. <laughs> Woo. I think we crush it every week. <laughs>
0: I, I think so too. I think we're brilliant. All right. Um, well, that's our show. Yeah, and uh, please, as always, remember that you can reach out to us via email uh, at codegrays at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at code underscore grays underscore. You can find us on our Tumblr page code hyphen grays dot dot com. And you can listen to us on iTunes. Leave us five stars. Yeah. Uh, one or both of us is about to lose their health insurance. So like that would be a nice balm, I suppose. <laughs> and you can find us also on Podbean, our wonderful host. I'm crying and laughing. We're also on Stitcher, Acast, and I think, like, play.fm, which just came up when I Googled us, which is a thing I do. I don't know. If that sounds familiar to you, you can listen (laughs) to us there. We
1: didn't sign up for it, but it seems fine. But there we are. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for listening. We love you guys. (laughs) Thanks for hanging with us. Don't know why.